When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. As you know, I spend a lot of time talking, I don't know, very critically about the short-term mindset that seems to be pervasive in the aquarium hobby, seemingly enabled by the frenetic pace of you know, tank do-overs in the aquascaping world that you see on social media. And I think that's because we're driven by social media and the need to constantly show new stuff to the world that it's become almost obligatory for many people. Now, in addition to finding it a bit sad that hobbyists feel compelled to churn a ton of work all the time, I sometimes worry if the art of long-term maintenance or even the idea of keeping an aquarium set up over the long term, like years versus, you know, a few months or contest period or whatever it is, is a reality that most newer hobbyists have never probably even thought of. Like, believing the entire point of the hobby is to continuously set up, break down, and reset up tanks. Like, never understanding that the real magic with aquariums and fishes is to recreate an ecology, an environment in the aquarium, and allowing it to emerge and evolve over longer time spans. Yeah, it's a long game in my book. In our botanical method aquarium game, we talk a lot about establishing more natural functioning or appearing systems and many of the nuances associated with getting them up and running. However, we probably don't spend enough time talking about what really actually happens in these tanks over the very long term and how to manage them, right? I mean, we probably don't. Um, And with so many hobbyists getting into this style of aquarium for the first time, it's probably worth another look. Like every great story, this one starts at, well, the beginning. (laughs) There's nothing quite like a brand new aquarium, right? One that's filled with, you know, all this promise and potential. And in the botanical method aquarium, the aquarium looks quite a bit different than it will ultimately appear down the line. The botanicals are, you know, clean and untouched by biofilms. The leaves appear crisp and largely intact. And the wood and the substrate are typically sharp and free of that patina of growth that occurs over time. Crisp, fresh, clean looking kind of words that you don't usually hear associated with botanical method aquariums, but that's what it is. And that's nice, I suppose. I mean, it is, I guess. Uh, Yet that's not really all that natural, right? I mean, it doesn't kind of look worn in. Now, sure, it meets the hobby's broadest, you know, expectations of how an aquarium should look, at least from a neatness standpoint, right? Many hobbyists, and I'm convinced many more, would totally embrace the botanical method aquarium approach more, you know, more wholeheartedly if they could just keep their systems sort of frozen in time at this point where everything's all clean and new. Now, many people do this and take great pleasure in the process. Yet to many of us, the real allure of the botanical method aquarium is what takes place after those first few glistening weeks, the time period when the aquarium starts to evolve, to take on a even more natural look and becomes more of an ecosystem as opposed to a primarily aesthetic display. Now, there's some characteristics of these types of tanks which require a fair amount of continued management to keep them functioning effectively, most notably the continuous addition of more botanical items to replace those which break down, 
you know, be they leaves, wood or seed pods and stuff like that in order to maintain not only the visual tint, if, you know, the, the most aesthetic of all things, but the beneficial humic substances, lignans, all the other things, that compounds that are exuded by these or, you know, materials when they're submerged. Over time, many of these compounds are dissolved into the water column, and these botanical materials will no doubt lose some of their efficacy as environmental enhancers. And obviously, this sort of active management not only creates a more stable environment for your fishes, it provides an opportunity to continuously engage with your aquatic environment on a very regular basis. Now, continuously replacing and adding more botanical materials over time is one of the most important aspects of managing this type of aquarium and it's especially critical in an environment in which the very structure of the ecosystem itself evolves and changes over time or as one of my friends said uh in, in the very infrastructure of the aquarium starts dissolving which kind of makes sense now look unlike other tanks that i've managed over the years like reef aquariums planted tanks etc where you need to sort of change or evolve your husbandry tasks because the tank ages you know pruning revising fertilization um, you know whatever the botanical method aquarium seems to benefit from the same types of maintenance tasks, you know, throughout its functional lifetime. Now, some hobbyists choose to let their botanical items remain in the system until fully decomposed. That's me. Others prefer to remove, uh, you know, the, the items as soon as they start to lose that pristine new look. It, some people like that. Regardless of how you handle the botanical breakdown, you're more or less following the same practices over the long term. It's consistency, our old friend. Now, of course, water exchanges are an important part of the management of our systems, just like they are in any other. The dissolution of organics and the reset that water changes provide are one of the cornerstone practices in aquarium husbandry, and they'll help continuously hold your environmental parameters reasonably consistent. This is not new stuff. Now, as any aquarium ages, it's essential to at least have a handle on what's happening you know, chemically. In the botanical method natural aquarium, it's nice to conduct basic water parameter tests early in the tank's existence to establish a reference baseline of the tank's typical operating parameters. And in a typical tank, you may see a gradual reduction in pH over time. This may be caused by acids forming from accumulated nitrate and other nitrogenous compounds, and over time, they consume the or overwhelm the buffering capacity of the tank. This seems to be much more common in higher pH systems like African cichlid tanks, reef aquaria, etc., you know, stuff like that. You'll likely find, as I have with botanical method aquariums, that with consistent management of your system, very little in the way of parameter shift actually tends to occur. In fact, I've seldom noticed any sort of appreciable, you know, significant pH decline over time in these tanks. And it's probably because you're starting out with a lower pH. And I haven't really seen much in the way of nitrate or phosphate levels accumulating or, or varying at a significant level. Um, not at all with consistent botanical replacements and water exchanges. Again, the, these materials are colonized by bacteria. So I think you're seeing a lot more microbial growth over time. But I don't know if there's really a way to test for that other than just seeing your nitrogen cycle functioning beautifully. I'm curious what your experience has been in this respect. Now... I also tend to monitor TDS a lot in botanical tanks. Now, in my humble opinion, TDS is probably the least useful measure that we use in aquarium management, despite the near obsession that some hobbyists have about this. I mean, it's not all that useful because it literally is what its name implies. It's a measure of total dissolved solids. That could be any, literally anything ranging from minerals to, you know, tannins to lignin to Kool-Aid for that matter. It, it doesn't matter you know, it doesn't tell you what exactly the dissolved solids are. 
Its main importance, in my humble opinion, is when you're measuring the output of your RODI unit. It should read zero or very close to zero, or it's time to change those membranes. Now, curiously, I found that I'll see a range, uh, typically of anywhere between 2 to 5 ppm, parts per million at the most, in which my parameters seem to stay throughout the lifetime of my tanks. Any deviation of this should be something that you should maybe investigate but not freak out about. Uh, Again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And again, because TDS could be just about anything. But I suppose it best functions as a sort of a yardstick for environmental consistency. Uh, There we go. Consistency over time once again. Now, one physical maintenance task that I found to be continuous and necessary with botanical method aquariums is the cleaning of filter intakes, mechanical filter media, and water pumps. So what happens is with a you know, decomposing array of botanical materials and biofilms and fungal growths appearing and streaming into the water column over time, lots of small debris tend to get sucked into filters. kind of goes with the territory. You'll see that sucked in your intakes and pumps and, of course, the filter media. So these need to be cleaned or replaced on a regular basis, perhaps even more frequently than other maintenance tasks. It's simply part of the game when you're working with a botanical method aquarium, part of the game when you have decomposing botanical materials. Now, again, nothing I've mentioned here or discussed is remotely earth-shattering or revolutionary from an aquarium husbandry standpoint. However, seeing that for many hobbyists this is their first experience at managing a botanical method aquarium with tons you know with tons of information out there stressing concepts like breaking down a tank after a few months and keeping the water super crystal clear or whatever i think it's not a bad idea to review this sort of stuff from time to time it really isn't in natural style botanical materials seldom are these big moves or corrections even required rather it's really a combination of little things done consistently over time which will see your aquariums thrive in the long run. And again, over time, another key you know, metric there. The thing that's perhaps most unique about the botanical method approach is that we tend to accept the idea of decomposing materials accumulating in our systems. We talk about this a lot, and we understand that they act to a certain extent as fuel for the micro and macrofauna which reside in the aquarium. So the idea of leaving this material in place over the long term is a crucial component of this approach, in my humble opinion. And as we've discussed repeatedly, just like in nature, these things will also form the basis of a complex food chain, which includes bacterial biofilms, fungi, and remote crustaceans. I said remote. I think I meant to say minute. (laughs) That's funny. Remote crustaceans. They're remote if they're far away from you. (laughs) Anyway, each one of these life forms supporting to some extent those above it and obviously leading up the wine to our fishes. So... When you're contemplating and executing your evolutions, I've long believed that if you decide to let the botanicals remain in your aquarium to break down and decompose completely, you shouldn't really change course by suddenly removing the natural material all at once, particularly if you're going to a new version of an existing aquarium or whatever. Now, why is this? Well, I think my theory is steeped in the mindset that you've created this little ecosystem. If you start removing or editing a significant source of somebody's food, or for that matter, their home, There's bound to be a net loss of biosha, a disruption, and this could lead to a disruption of the very biological processes that we aim to foster. So big moves aren't necessary. Now, okay, it's a theory, but I think I might be on to something, really. I think I am. So here's my theory in a little bit more detail. So simply look at the botanical method aquarium, like any aquarium, of course, as a little microcosm with processes and life forms, you know, dependent on each other for food, shelter, and other aspects of their existence. 
And I really believe that the environment of the, you know, of this type of aquarium, because it relies on botanical materials, you know, leaves and seed pods and stuff, is more significantly influenced by the amount and the composition of these same materials, you know, to you know, operate successfully over time, just like in natural aquatic ecosystems. The botanical materials are a real base for the you know, little microcosm that we create. And of course, by virtue of the fact that they contain other compounds like tannins, humic substances, lignans, all that stuff, they also serve to influence the water chemistry of the aquarium to the extent to which is dictated by a number of things, including the starting point of the source water that you use to fill the tank. So in short, I think the presence of botanicals in our aquariums is a sort of a multifaceted highly functional and extremely important stability factor uh, in our aquariums. It helps the ecological balance and the efficacy and efficiency of the tank to process nutrients. I'm a fanatical observer of my aquariums, particularly the botanical method ones that I run. Oh, all of them. <laughs> and I do, you know, the same things over and over and over again, specifically weekly small water exchanges. I don't overcrowd my tanks, although that's debatable lately. I don't add tons of fishes at one time and I don't overfeed my fishes and I don't add a large bunch of botanicals, you know, at one time to a remodeled or even to an existing aquarium. I'm annoyingly patient. I don't freak out over things taking a while. I embrace detritus, at least the kind that's caused by mineralization of botanical materials because it's used as fuel for biological processes, the operating system. It's not something to be afraid of. And like many of you, I don't see a need to rush to some version of finished with my aquariums. Personally, I don't think the botanical method aquariums are ever finished. They simply continue to evolve, and I like that word, over extended periods of time, just like the wild habitats that we attempt to replicate in our tanks do. And the botanicals in the aquarium, well, they'll keep breaking down, enriching the aquatic habitat, imparting humic substances, lignans, tannins, all that stuff. Compounds which have a material impact on the ecology, the biology, and the chemistry of the aquarium. Understand and facilitate these natural processes in your aquariums. This is important. Keep in mind, you know, keep that in mind when you iterate an aquarium and change it up. If you're months into a tank and you simply don't like the look or the performance or whatever it is, and you can easily change it, it's just like catching a continuously running commuter train or a subway ride, right? There's always an opportunity to go somewhere new. You just have to jump on. Part of the beauty of the Botanical Method Aquarium is that you can sort of pick it up where you are and ride it for a while or change the routing however you want. Started your tank as, you know, an Amazonian habitat, but you're really enamored with, you know, a more Asian or African theme, not a problem. Keep the operating system, i.e. botanicals and the botanical filter bed on your substrate intact but change out some of the elements. You know, don't feel compelled to siphon out all the detritus or whatever the BS that you hear regurgitated when people talk about tank makeovers. You know, unless you're tearing apart the tank because it's a smelly, stinky, mismanaged, toxic pile of shit that's killing your fishes, keep the biological fuel intact for your new iteration and vow to take better care of your tank this time, of course. It's super easy, right? Yeah, it really is. If you let it be that way. Now, evolution in our aquariums is not only fun to watch, it's a lot of fun to manage as well, and it's even more fun to have the option to do either. Evolving and managing a botanical method aquarium is really something that we should 
take too easily. It's actually a pretty effortless process. Setting up an aquarium in this fashion also provides us with that opportunity to literally operate our botanical method aquariums, that is, to manage their evolution over time through deliberate steps and practices. That's not entirely unknown to us as aquarium hobbyists, is it? It's not at all unlike what we do with planted aquariums or reef aquariums over time. The, in fact, the closest analog to this approach is the so-called dry start approach to uh, planted aquariums, except when we're trying to grow bacteria and other organisms instead of just plants. It's a similar thing. We have a reliance on substrates and um, botanical materials in this case to create the ecology of the aquarium that benefits all the animals and the plants as well. Yeah, it is an evolution. Simply a step, you know, forward out of the artificially induced restraints of this is how it's always been done, even in our own methodology. Yet, it's another exploration into the natural environment, what it really is, how it evolves and how it works and understanding and embracing it and appreciating its aesthetics, its functionality and its richness. <laughs> richness. Did I say richness? I think I did. Boy, tongue twisters today. So is this earth shattering? Well, not likely. Is it educational? Sure. It's thought provoking. It's fun. I believe it is. Just realize that aquariums, botanical method aquariums particularly, are a long game. Not a quick, instant aquarium process. We can let things decline, or we can take charge and attempt to stave off the inevitable over time. Botanical method aquariums offer numerous opportunities for making changes, or not. How we as humans choose to, uh, you know, accept this progression and you know and change is purely based on our own tastes. The reality is that these things will continue despite any interventions that we perform in our tanks. We can. You know, reset them, performing maintenance tasks on our tanks like trimming plants, you know, fragging corals, scraping algae, you know, stirring up the top layers of substrate, whatever. But these things are merely serving to counteract or stave off the inevitable changes that occur in an aquarium as it establishes itself, begins to thrive and runs to a stable pace for an extended period of time. Some tanks decline over time. They just do. Of course, in many cases, the decline is gradual. It's so subtle that the outsider hardly notices. In the case of a botanical method aquarium, with, you know, with its abundance of seed pods and leaf litter and all that stuff and other natural materials, you'd be hard-pressed to really call it a decline. It's more like an evolution. I'd be call it a, not call it a decline because it already looked like it was declined when it started in some people's eyes, right? Yet you, the aquarist, ever keen on anything that occurs in your tank, will notice and perform subtle or not so subtle interventions to counteract this process of decline, lest it descend into some sort of chaos, right? That's kind of human nature with aquarium keeping. Yet isn't chaos a sort of human-ascribed thing? I mean, we're talking about changes in the aquatic habitat which evolve the look and perhaps the biological operating system of the aquarium. This is absolutely analogous to what happens in a natural aquatic ecosystem stuff breaks down and different organisms flourish and reproduce as a result nothing goes to waste in nature it's how it's been working for eons and that includes the nature that's found in our aquariums too if we allow it to happen it's entirely possible in my opinion that we uh, as a course actually sabotage the essential natural processes which help our tanks run when we attempt to intervene through you know excessive maintenance or changing things up 
the ebb and flow of life in a natural botanical method aquarium is much like a garden. You can and you should perform regular maintenance, conducting water exchanges like, you know, filter media replacements, all that kind of stuff, like you do in any tank. However, you need to conduct these maintenance sessions, not with the idea of this will take care of these biofilms, but with an attitude of this will continue to facilitate change over time. Yeah, it does require a certain attitude and a willingness to look at nature as she really is and to appreciate the beauty in the details of her process. A willingness to accept. An acceptance that nature will, you know, plot the right course for your tank. And you need a degree of patience and, yeah, you know, faith that things will unfold in ways that you may not have even begun to appreciate. Like any other aquatic endeavor, you can make it easier and more enjoyable by being aware of what's going on and accepting the way nature works her magic. It simply takes time and patience. Perhaps a hands-off approach, you know, passive management, if you will, is not always a bad thing. I sometimes wonder what our aquariums would evolve into over the course of a couple of years if we perform just very basic maintenance tasks, you know, like water exchanges, equipment maintenance, feeding or scraping the algae, whatever, and did little else. No animal replacement, no trimming of plants, you know, fragging of corals or removal of fishes, no fry rear, you know, no rearranging of the aquascape, none of that kind of stuff. It simply takes time and patience. This is the kind of thing that I find completely fascinating. I think that, you know, the fact that we can manage a system is really, really remarkable. And what would you end up with if you just let it go, though? Of course, the answer depends on what the endpoint is. For that better, does there have to be one? It seems that in recent years, I've executed more aquariums in a shorter period of time than ever in my aquatic career. And it's unusual for me because, as you might imagine, I'm kind of a leave-things-alone kind of guy. I'm typically not a fan of big edits on my tanks once they're settled in. Nature doesn't edit, she evolves. So could you resist the editing of your aquarium for an extended period of time? Would you want to? Is rearranging stuff and working things as much a part of the hobby as just looking at the tank and enjoying it? Well, perhaps for some people it is. And again, if you went completely hands-off with your tank, what do you think would happen? I honestly don't think that much, really, in the case of botanical method tanks. I think you have to possess a basic understanding of the environmental processes and the conditions within your tank, and this will give you a lot more confidence in how your tank can evolve and run with minimal, if any, intervention. Sure, you might rework the aquascape from time to time, remove things that are maybe truly unsightly to you. But if you leave the essential biological components of your aquarium more or less intact for indefinite periods of time, it's likely that your tank will just keep on plugging along. This idea of an eternal aquarium is pretty compelling, right? So again, what would happen if you went fully hands-off? Would anarchy reign or would a different sort of system ultimately evolve in the tank? Would it succeed on some level that you wouldn't have considered previously? Would, you know, one organism or organisms, you know, come to dominate? And what would, what would fade away? How would nature work with what you gave her in your little glass or acrylic world called an aquarium? Likely, none of the horrifying outcomes dancing around in our heads would occur. Rather, if left to her own devices, nature will find a way to create a consistent ecology. That's what she does. It's what she's done for eons. She plays a really long game, and you should too. Stay patient, stay observant, stay dedicated, stay confident, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.